Hello and welcome to episode 9 of Control-Alt-Speak. Um, so we're nearly in double digits and today I'm joined by Anthony Wiggins from Wiggins Lockett Thompson. Hi Anthony, how Hello. are you? Hello, I'm very good, thank you. Not too bad. Good. So we were just saying about how long we've been in business and I'm just looking, actually you're doing alright for grey hair, you're not... Um... Um, I've got the classic badger look apparently, <laughs> according to the kids, the badger yeah. look, um, which is fine, I can deal with it. Apparently it makes me look sophisticated and interesting, which I need all the help I can get, so that's fine. Yeah. But, so, sa but sat here on your casting couch, I'm a little concerned about looking too handsome. You've got nothing to worry about. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> nothing to worry about. Already being rude. Fantastic. It's a slippery slope down, isn't it? <laughs> um, <laughs> so Wiggins Lockett Thompson doesn't really say in the name what you do. What do you do? Oh, gosh. Uh, I don't know, really. What do I do? Um, obviously, turn up and make bad jokes on my, uh, turn on up, my sofa. Turn up and make bad jokes. Oh, we, we do property, basically, commercial property. Um, I won't bore your listeners with the gory details, but basically, if it's something to do with commercial business premises, then we get involved um, selling them, buying them, leasing them, finding new occupiers for them, looking after people who have them, help them move out, help them move in, build new stuff for them, change what they've got, regear leases. Already boring myself. <laughs> <laughs> so short version: if it's commercial property, commercial it's property, yeah, we, 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 yeah, we'll, we can have a, we can have a chat and see if you're doing it right. Or most people are, but some people just need a bit of a tweak just to make it work for them a bit better. And I think that's yeah. the key, really. Just make sure building um, works for you rather than you working for it. There's a lot of people trapped in buildings who don't really need to be, but don't but don't think they can get out. So we yeah. we help them. Is that my tea? That is your tea. That is mine. Yeah. Yeah. We can't share mugs like old days, can we? No, 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 no. Yeah, please, please don't spit in my coffee. <laughs> That's not a metaphor. <laughs> That's wrong. So, <laughs> bit of dirty mental arithmetic whilst you were talking. You've been doing this for 13 years as yourselves. So obviously, you've been around a lot longer because you're older than me, you'll get. Really? Um, really? You must have had a long paper round. Um, a heavy paper round. Yeah, well, I've been working this particular patch one from another since now how old was i have to work out how old my children were to work out how long i've been doing it but it's 20 plus years anyway um and wiggins and lockett formed in 2007 so 13 years yeah, yeah we yeah gosh yeah that's how you did it very good and we <laughs> yeah. um we then put our heads together with a bunch of building surveyors over in solly hall solely hall solly hall and um so Never looked back, Shrewsbury, really. Shrewsbury, 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 Sully Hall, Sully Hall. Mm. You know, this track. Um, and yeah, um, kept going basically. Um, yeah. yeah, living the dream. So, what made you? What What made you basically do it? Well, obviously, it was yourself and Mark. But what made you start your own business? Uh, opportunity, I suppose. Um, Mark and I. Uh, Mark Lockett and I, we met at the um, for a debrief one day and just got to chatting um, and thought, wonder if we could do this for ourselves. He was 10 years older than me, um, yeah. which kind of gave me some confidence in, he, in thinking he knew what he was doing. Um, oh, how you were, uh, how the, <laughs> oh, oh, how wrong I was. No, yeah, hi Mark, I'm glad you're listening to this. <laughs> not true, but um, you know, my youth an experience and and kind of enthusiasm together with his age and experience um kind of came together as the perfect mix i've always got a lot of um time for anybody who starts out on their own and mm. i didn't do that mark and i did that 
Um, so we just saw the opportunity. Um, we liked the way we worked together. Um, Mark's wife was convinced that I wouldn't last five minutes with him. She knew him really well. Yeah. Obviously, being his wife. But um, no, it. Um, but she obviously didn't know you really well. No. Well, no, absolutely. Yeah, that's a good point. Never thought of that. But uh, yeah, we, we kind of got cracking at it and just kind of put our heads down and work, yeah. work, work. So it was just the two of us plus a bookkeeper in the early days. Yeah. Well, I still remember set, setting up your first offices for you down on Hortonwood. Yeah. Despite your help, we've done really well. Um, so, <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for the <laughs> no, no, no. We've, there's a reason we still give you the work, Chris, honestly. <laughs> I have to remind myself what it is every now and yeah. again, but it's, there's a reason. But, um, but yeah, it, it kind of we kind of banged on and banged on and banged on, and it's kind of slowly but surely grown. We never we got our wings clipped because immediately after starting business, we went straight into the two thousand and eight recession. Yeah. Um. But thankfully, we hadn't done the flash cars and huge salary thing, so it hadn't really stretched ourselves. We've always mm. been quite prudent about it. That's more Mark's doing than mine, frankly. I'd have had the flash car, but no, I was cursed. Age of maturity. Though. Well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> so um, yeah, we kind of. Survive that, which I think was half the battle, and um, came out the other side. And most businesses that survive a recession come out better for it. Mm. So don't fear a recession; just deal with it. Yeah. And um, well, this will be our second. We're just about to go into. Yeah, that's right. And of course, recession, and of course, it? the boy Lockyer had had one before as well. So yeah. don't ask me when it was. I was in short trousers, but um, <laughs> a twinkling pair. Yeah, of but again, it, again, the experience came in there. So. Um, Cut hard and cut deep was, um, mm. and cut early was uh, was his mantra. But thankfully, we never had much to cut, so we hadn't really didn't really have to do that. Yeah, um, and that's happened again now. Really, um, we've been quite light on our feet, um, adjusting what we've been doing. And mm. I don't think anybody that's in business now and dealing with all this realizes what's valuable, what's worth keeping, what's what's worth cutting. But I th- I think this whole situation we've been through has been quietly fascinating and mm. having being in the in the industry we, we, we are in we've we have the luxury of seeing a great deal of different sorts of businesses all going through stresses and and uh, expansions and contractions yeah. and uh, I, I take a lot of time to listen to what people need because you know I, i'd like to do business with people more than once i don't just mm. let them a building and say goodbye i'd like to stay in touch and um you know we get a lot of business through recommendations. So you look after somebody um, well, I like to think. Um, mm. you, you'll, you can't be everybody's friend. I mean, if you let a building to one person, somebody else wanted it, you're immediately the enemy. That's the joy of being a commercial agent. But yeah, yeah. thankfully, as a business, we diversify what we do. Um, so we've got the building surveying side and we've got the property management side. We've got the professional mm. side, which is the lease renewals and rent reviews, which happen whether a market is rising or dropping. Um, <coughs> and the agency side, which is kind of the Hollywood end which is me I, I'll get bored to tears doing the rest of that stuff but other people seem to find it interesting and valuable so that's good <laughs> so yeah I've gone off on a tangent there completely as, I, as yep. expected but yes we started the business um, and um, never looked back I don't think I could mm. be employed by anybody now I think I'm completely unemployable oh yeah I get that <laughs> you get the same thing so how, yeah, well, just that. to chuck it back at you you mm. started in 2003 if my memory serves yeah, um, so which makes you older than me. Good. Um, <laughs> makes the business older that's, than that's me. Right. Yeah, that's right. And it me. took me, I think, probably 15 years to actually get you into a building I was letting, which I tried to try for a long time. But we, got, was, we, we got you in. We got yeah, you in. And well, you, we'll just, never let you go. That was such, um, such a... For years, we were, we were looking for property. So, yeah, 2003, started in the spare bedroom. First office was a little 
120 square feet shoebox around the corner. How much money did you need to start the business? What did what money did you put in? A thousand pounds on a credit card. Oh right, right. I raided my good lady wife's um, uh, savings and managed to get about six grand. I think it was right. But we did that so that we we could pay ourselves straight away because there's not much yeah. point. No, well, I didn't doing I this. Didn't have that pressure. Yeah. So yeah, well, I did. Yeah. I did. But you know, even if it was that around the same, we, I, I still don't think we paid her back. <laughs> I'm in trouble now. <laughs> if she's listening, yeah. If she's no, listening, no, she's not that stupid. <laughs> no, oh, yeah, it's a good point actually. Maybe she considers it an investment. I don't know. <laughs> one for the accountant. Definitely yeah, one for yeah, the accountant. Oh but yeah, it took. I swear we must have been looking for five years before we found this place. Um, yeah, and I had to twist your arm. It wasn't. It was trying to find somewhere that had. All of the right things and parking, size, ground floor for all the ground equipment. Ground floor was a big one for you, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, and a lot of, there was office space there, but it was all first, second floor. And We also need the ability to have a good internet connection and these sort of things. Yeah. Um, and Telford, which we are both based in and love very much, even mm. though we both do lots of business out of Telford, yeah. is well connected. There's no two ways yeah. about it, be, be it um, electronically and internetally. See, I know all this. The, all the lingo, all the lingo, and, and but also physically, straight onto a motorway, boom. Yeah, and that's 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 important because when I started the business, I was living in Shrewsbury at the time. As I mean, I'm living in Shrewsbury now as well. I did come back to Telford for for a, a brief interlude, but yeah. So with the with living with living in Shrewsbury, and um, at the time it was myself, my now ex-wife, and Matthew who was on the on the as the team, and Matthew, Big Matt still out there. Yeah, yeah, fifteen years we've had. We've he's been here. Cracky, you haven't found him out yet. No, not yet, not yet. Um, so there was that kind of thing. Well, actually, the logical play is move the business to Shrewsbury because two two thirds of your team live in Shrewsbury, and the other third were driving past Shrewsbury to get to work. Mm. And he was doing five hundred miles a week in the early days. Absolute madness. Commitment, right there. Give that boy a pay rise. It's he on, gets it's on the podcast now. <laughs> Anthony said it. It must be true. But what we what we found was with our, with where our clients are, and so the side even the side of Shrewsbury that I live to get to across to the other side of town, I can drive to the office quicker. Mm. And we've got we had one of our customers. They moved from Shrewsbury out to the Black Country. We're obviously here on Stafford Park. The drive time to actually get to either customer was was the same. It didn't didn't make any odds. See, with all this change, you haven't entertained the idea of packing up the office, going home and having a warehouse with all the kits somewhere. No. No, um, we obviously we obviously had to embrace home working because of lockdown and stuff. But we actually... Used, we said we weren't going to use the L word or the C word. Oh. Oh. I thought you said... Just call it the thing. The thing. <laughs> so with that thing that happened, <laughs> this this one time at band camp, we had that thing. Um... <laughs> But what we've we've I mean we've had to invest so much in communicating as a team, making sure that everybody knows what's going on. But you just can't beat everybody being in the same room, even if even if we're still two meters apart. You just can't beat being in the same room. I think the thing has actually improved a lot of things. I mean, obviously there's a significant negative to the thing that we won't talk about, but everybody knows what it is. The thing, but, yeah, but. I found it's focused people's minds. It gave people space to entertain ideas and that they've been tinkering with for a long time. I see mm. a, 
entrepreneurism, yeah, entrepreneurialism, whatever word, word it is, um, everywhere. I yeah. mean, the, the little estate, um, little estates we deal with um, in Telford, there's a number of them, um, and we deal primarily with the smallest estate, um, uh, Trench Lock, yeah. is full of wow. small businesses, people going for it. Hmm. And we do our, our best to look after people at that stage in their business lives because you want to you want a business life relationship with them yeah. as a, as, a, as a property agent as a, yeah. as a as a landlord potentially yeah. so yeah, yeah, yeah. and our clients have decided in many cases to, to diversify their portfolios not necessarily with different sorts of property on the industrial side but certainly on different sizes yeah so that over the years people can bounce up bounce up bounce up Stick, and eventually while sticking with the same while sticking with the same landlord if yeah. they can so yeah. a, a client with a number of different size properties in their portfolio especially within a given radius uh, stands to benefit yeah. and even within trench lock they range from size of this room you know 300 300 square feet up to 1200 yeah so that can look after six seven years of, of a company's life and you mm -hmm. just say okay look we're really not going to stand in your way of you tearing up that lease and signing another one and paying us more money are we so you would just you'd be crazy mega mega flexible but flexibility has been where we're at at the moment mm. anybody looking at space at the moment um it's all about that flexibility and, and, and our advice to the landlords is is think long term mm. think long term as anybody knows with commercial property that owns it there's one thing you need to do to, to be successful in it what's that chris what is it stay alive long enough <laughs> that's what it is stay Especially alive long with enough. the thing with the thing with the yeah, thing yeah, stay yeah, alive stay, with the thing yeah stay stay alive long enough and hold a yeah. property um the days of churning property and making a quick fast bounce the market isn't yeah. the market isn't variable enough to allow that to happen so commit future proof your properties so we've done all sorts of things like solar panels which are a bit troublesome for roofs but certainly car charging points and these sorts of things mm. and we were looking at it with this building here mainly because yeah. you asked about it so we're, we're entertaining the idea yeah i need to get your pin on in your pocket but you know it it, it could <laughs> it could it could yeah no no, no but too. you know it, it, again it's down to the landlord's perspective of it really yeah um and what their long-term goals are if you're dealing with a professional landlord as opposed to a landlord that has a property by by accident almost or through a property acquisition mm. you're much more likely to get them to invest in their own property mm. and quite right too quite right, right too and that that emphasizes i guess the the, the value of the relationship and oh god yeah. being yeah. nice to people you know being you nice know. yeah well people do business with people Always. Um, and i know i'm kind of marmite but same. but but at the same time, um, those people that get me benefit from that, I'd like to think because because yeah. I'll look after them and make sure they don't miss a trick mm. um, or miss an opportunity to move. Like you know, when this building came up, I was you were the first guy I spoke to. Yeah, I know this is for you. So we you know yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah. we made sure you were looked after here and made sure you got in. You know, you you still I still did you on the deal, but you know it was <laughs> <laughs> right. So that's why I'm still sore. Right. <laughs> no, no, we looked after you again. Again, it was more a case of you know, quality tenant is what it was about here. Yeah. Someone that's going to commit to the building and, and and somebody that benefits from committing to the yeah. building. So you give if you give, you get. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's that whole uh, law of reciprocity, isn't absolutely, it? Absolutely, absolutely. And and again, the good landlords out there recognise a good tenant and will look after them because at the end of the day. A lot of landlords still don't consider this. Tenants are customers, mm. and a lease is a contract. Mm. Just because they're called different things doesn't mean that rules don't normal mm. rules don't apply. And I've been of that ilk for a very long time. Mm. Um, 
and at the end of the day, a, a happy client and a happy tenant means that there's more business to be done in the fullness of time. And they, I mean, we, we do lease renewals and rent reviews and we can do them relatively swiftly and, and stress-free. And some clients have turned around and said, well, that didn't take you long, did it? Um, and we said, you know, when we send them the bill, and they, we say, well, actually it did because we've been looking after these guys and making sure they're okay and drinking a lot of coffee with them for the last 10, 5, 10 years. Yeah. So it's actually taken us a heck of a long time, but everybody wins. The stress of property, <clears throat> in the same way as people say, if you buy and sell a house, it's one of the most mm. stressful things you can do. It's just the same for some people well, um, is, yeah. in commercial property, but it doesn't have to be. It does, I mean, people look at me with a furrowed brow when they and I tell them what they need to do to get into a building. And so they, is that it? I mean, yeah, yeah. Let's let's. But it, it can be made made more complicated. But I'm, you know, much as I went to a, a real estate management and I wanted to run around in a Land Rover with a Springer Spaniel dealing with country estates and like, what <laughs> and I actually shotgun. do. What I actually, Get off my land. What, yeah, what, yeah, <laughs> what I actually do now is wander around big tin sheds um, on my own in yeah. a cheap suit. But it, <laughs> well, but you're not in a suit not, today, so not, come on. No, well, you see, the, the, but I'm wearing kind of a green trousers, which is really I'll unlikely. Towards the, yeah. I, I need to get some pink ones, I think, then I'll fit into certain certain circles. So, I think we both know certain circles where they wear the pink trousers. <laughs> Not a good look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not really my thing. Yeah, note to the listeners, if you're wearing pink trousers, change them. <laughs> yeah. Is it sa- no, the salmon, salmon, salmon thing. Let's pink. be clear. Yeah. Salmon thing. But nothing wrong, nothing wrong with pink. Do you think we're going to see a lot a lot of new businesses pop up this year? We already are. We already are. Yeah. And what it is, it's not necessarily new businesses. It's new business, new new ideas. Yep. Um, new branches on um, kind of fine tunings, um, that sort of thing. Mm. Um, so companies are starting, group companies, starting new lines, new ideas, mm. um, getting rid of the dead wood, for want of a better yeah. phrase. There's a, yeah. uh, what this this situation has done for me is it's pushed, it's, it's almost like a time warp six months into the future. Yeah. It's made, it, it, we've jumped six months. If something was going to go, something was going to fail, it's failed. If something was going to fly, it's really flying. Mm-hmm. Um so it, it's kind of wind through the trees and I and I well put it this way I, I am letting buildings before I'm putting boards on them and I'm ringing landlords saying give me stock <coughs> give me stock because yeah there are com- and yes when we're doing the deals they're flexible and they're these sort of things but they're they're flexible from big companies and established companies mm-hmm. who are doing new things so Covenant strength, you know, the strength of the company's accounts and and how likely they are to pay the rent isn't the issue, but they all need that flexibility. Break clauses are yeah. standard now, um, but then they still want the deal, they still want the cut. So I say, fine, fine, fine. You have have the break clause, but you know, let's share the pain. If you do go, give us a bit of the bit of the incentive back we've given you on the promise that we, you were going to stay there for three or five years. Give us a bit back. And everybody's like, yeah, fine with that. Because yeah. if it's working, it's working. If it's not, then you yeah. know it was yeah. p- it's part of the risk. But thanks for helping us get it off the ground. Yeah, and that's that's the same with with how we approach some of the technology stuff. Is when we make when we get we're asking customers to make commitments to the technology to drive their business forward. The assets that they're buying have have a lifespan, and some people expect two years out of a computer. Some people want six, seven, eight, and um, which is a bit yeah okay. Um, but some some of the, when we're doing some of the bigger purchases, like when we look at servers, 
and stuff, what we're saying to people is, right, well, we're going to put this in on the basis that it's going in today and we're going to plan on your business for the next three years. But in reality, we want four, five, six years out of it. But we're not going to worry about the four, five, six too much because we get that it's a moving beast. And, and we've had we've had customers where they've, they've outgrown what they've got and they've needed bigger, better, more. We've got some customers where, because of whatever reason, um, they've, they've they've had to contract a little bit. Um, if you cast your mind back when to when um, home information packs were canned by the government, we had a customer that day in that single 20-minute announcement caught a million quid off their top line, gone. Mm. Just like that, gone. So you've got to you have... Can't, you spread yourself too thin or you know, put all your eggs... To, I'm going to be cliche central today, but we'll put all your eggs in that one basket. Mm. You have to have a plan B, C and D to fall back on because if that gets the rugby pulled from you, and there are a lot of rugs being pulled from a lot of yes. people at the moment. Um, but, you know, if your weave is heavy, you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awful. Yeah, that's, well, you know, I just made awful. that one up right there. Yeah, that's, that's awful. awful. But so it, it just show the value in yeah. resilience, doesn't it? Absolutely. I mean, early days in a business, and I think it's it's a, it's a moot point to discuss at the moment because I say there's a lot of people starting out with new things. How did you get yourself out there? What did you do, and what was the most valuable thing to to make people know you existed? And this is before the days of um, Twitter and social media and all that shenanigans. I mean, what 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 did you do? I know what I did, and I'll because yeah, I met you there. But yeah, you know. well, that's it. The first thing that the first thing that I did, literally within the first two weeks of starting the business, was um, I went I went to BNI. Yeah, and, and and I went networking, and the first year of this business was built on the back of BNI. Um, I think it was a couple of years after that that we we went and joined the Chamber of Commerce. Um, to, to expand that network. So how was your network when you began? Had you been working in the industry prior to that date or did you basically come out of uni and, and work for somebody no, else I, you know, behind the scene or were you always essentially front and centre sales? No, I was I was a techie. I, I was a techie in corporate land. You were like Matt? Uh, a little bit different. A little bit That's different, good. but Terrible I was. Facial hair. That's all <laughs> you can't talk. Um, yeah, my my life started in corporate land, and right, um, right. I, wor- I worked for two two of the biggest companies in, in the world. That's odd, really, because anybody in our game that starts life in corporate land, yeah, struggles then to get the one to one customer service thing right. Oh, we it's... We, we, we we see yeah. anybody that's come out of some of the bigger firms. Mm. They can only seemingly, from my experience, only really exist in those big firm environments. So when it comes to meeting Mr. Smith on the site of his 1,000 square foot unit in the deepest, darkest black country, and he wants to talk about the mould on the roof, it just blows their mind and they can't deal with it. They don't want the client there. They're just like, let me just write you a letter and get on with it, please. Didn't you not struggle with the... the, I suppose B&I helped really. Certainly did for me. I think, well, you got... How old was I? I was 20... I was 24. That is young to start on your yeah, own. Yeah, I was I was twenty four. I thought I was young, and I was thirty one. So yeah, so I was I was quite green in that respect. It's definitely hungry to learn, like a sponge in those days, weren't you? You have, well, you have to be. You have to be now. Yeah. Um, and I think if I look at the stuff, and I'm, I'm, you could probably say the same. If you look at the stuff that that we do now today, and you go back to when we 
started our businesses, a lot of the principles are still there and haven't changed. Oh, yeah. What we actually do has changed has changed drastically. And this, I mean, this business, seventeen years ago, we were going to be a software company. Yeah, we were going to be a, a property agency. Yeah, and that's predominantly what we were. Mm. We're now essentially it might, yeah. not, it might not seem a big difference to anybody listening, but we are now essentially a consultancy, not yeah. a property agency. An agency is part of what we do and an important part of what we do. Mm. In fact, it's the best because I do that bit. But it, you know, it's it, it, um, <laughs> obviously you yeah. said that. <laughs> uh, dream on, uh, but, but yeah, we we we've just because of the because of the fact that we are essentially at the tiller here. At, yeah. at, we we've been able to steer it through and and, yeah. and and make sure that that it's worked and adapted yeah. to the to the different size waves that have come yeah, our way and it yeah. does come in waves, yeah. doesn't it? And every time we've done something new, we've always grown. Which yeah, so, sounds obvious, but yeah, I mean, is that that diversification for us was key, having mm. those different aspects of what we do, which means that when it comes to the to the income the firm yeah. gets, agencies tidal wave then drought. Yeah. Management is steady, building yeah. surveying is steady, um, with, a, with a few more yeah. peaks in it, um, and, and the um, the, la the landlord and tenant mm. stuff is is again peaks and troughs. So you have mm. to have, I think, in business, uh, various different lines of income, yeah, and then keep the keep the uh, the outgoings to a minimum, despite the yeah. government seemingly wanting you to spend like billio. Well, they need to get their pound of flashback, don't they? Well, yeah, absolutely. Obviously, spent. But, but BNI, but, you found BNI useful on what level, though? Did it get you business? For me, it was a comfort blanket. Um, no, it didn't get me much business. I don't think. For me, it it got it got us those first those first customers those introductions. Um, I mean, actually, I need to get, I need to get Andy from Runtime on here as a guest at some point. He was Andrew. never never heard of him. Never heard. Of him. No. <laughs> what is he doing now? If only we heard from him on social media. Well, he's not. I haven't seen him on social media for ages. But I'm probably looking. Not at personally. Him. No. Well, I only I only do LinkedIn. No, no. He's 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 barely. He's not really anonymous, but he's anonymous. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Our first our first customer came from Andy. Well, yeah, we used him in the early days to yeah. get us off the ground. Um, yeah. 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 Yeah, it's funny. It's funny. There's like a, you almost feel like you need some sort of um, reunion. <laughs> the early, the, the late, the late two yeah. thousands BNI. You know, it was. Uh, I mean, I hated it. I did. I didn't. I, I like chatting with the people and stuff, but I didn't like the formality. I didn't like the, having to be there and getting getting no. spanked because you was, turned up five minutes late. It was or the formality that made it work. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's well, that doesn't really roll with me. Mm. <laughs> no, see, see you, you did generally have. I mean. I didn't. I think is I didn't. I didn't. It was a. It was very much a comfort blanket for me. I've said that. Yeah. But for, I just needed to be able to go and see people. And in the early yeah. days of a business, you can be sat staring at your screen or looking at the telephone, thinking I need to be on the phone, on the phone, on the phone. But it's quite soul destroying. Mm. So getting out there and physically seeing people, or even just just running up, bouncing face. ideas off yeah. people, and just telling them what you do. Because if you, the, the more you talk, again, social media doesn't do this for you, but. The more you physically talk about an idea and what you do, the more confidence you have in actually mm. doing it, and realizing you do actually know in theory what you're talking about. Mm. I mean, even even this exercise now makes you kind of um, you know realize you know what is it actually you do for a living? Because sometimes you just go and do your job. Yeah. You're not really thinking about your job because you just do it. And it's it's off, well, water of a duck's back to you every day, aren't you? Yeah, water of a duck's back to you, and it's sometimes it's nice yeah. to take a take stock. 
yeah. of where you're at. What is it you're actually doing? And then all of a sudden new ideas happen. So talking is everything. It's like a, a building, any building we market. Mm. You don't talk about it. You mm. don't walk the perimeter every now and again, even if you're with nobody. It doesn't move. No matter how good it is, you have yeah. to talk about buildings. You have to talk about ideas. You have to bounce things off. And that, again, and I don't mm. envy you, um, having Lockett around and in the latter years, Graham and Christine, Graham yeah. Thompson's, um, it's been good because you bounce ideas off them all the time. And, mm. you know, even though they sometimes say that'll never work, I do it anyway. And sometimes it does. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, I think that's one of the things that I've done over the years is I've, I've had business mentors, I've had coaches, so I've had people to help me professionally. And it's nice to give a bit of that back, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely it is. I love speaking to people about their businesses. Some people are really coy about it because they think Mm -hmm. you're going to nick the idea. My charts are very, I'm not right. (laughs) I'm I'm happy to talk through ideas because I've seen it probably, or a version of it, in all the businesses that I've seen. I find it absolutely fascinating. Everything from heavy engineering to... Pet grooming, you know, it's, yeah. it's I see and, everything. And that's that's the, the great thing about the job that I do. So because we've got that, we're not... We're in the same boat, really. Yeah, we don't, we're not really looking at any particular vertical of, of industry. We've got the full breadth, whether it is manufacturing, whether it's a, a firm of lawyers in an office or, or whatever. And because, especially now, because technology is so ingrained to the business... Quite often, if I when I go in to talk to a customer, and, and we've had these conversations, we're not talking about IT. We're talking about the business, yeah. and we're like, okay, what's going on? How does the IT enable it? Where does it fit in? How does exactly. it make life a bit easier? Where does it save you in a minute here, a minute there? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm, I'm only really interested in IT when it stops working, because mm. you know, I've heard other other guests you've had on here. I mean, my life revolves around the the iPhone. Yeah. Um, but I, but at the same time, I hate that. I've also yeah. sat here next to me now. It's an old school diary, yeah. which I love because I'm still of the school yeah. when you like to see a visual aid and, and get it down and tick them off. Yeah. Um, I, I love that side of things. Mm. But the two, to me, work perfectly well together. Mm. Um, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't do without. And you've got to find your own system. There isn't. You can't buy success and you can't buy um, solutions by buying the next bit of kit. You just can't do it. No, and you still got to know how to use it. And it's still all about human interaction. It's still about actually yeah. phone calls. I mean, yeah. everything we do is about generating conversations. I do not negotiate on email. I confirm things on email. Yes, which is what we should be doing. And there's a lot of people do yeah. do the same thing. Yeah, um, email people... should be banned. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. no. It has, it has <laughs> its place. Not that brutal, but... but I actually entertained writing. How are you doing letters and postcards to clients recently, or people, I say clients, people that have left properties and bought properties yeah. for me. Because, again, the moment you reconnect, all of a sudden, new work appears. Yes. Every single time. Oh, I was meaning about that. Oh, that's a bit... Yeah. Constantly taking away people's problems yeah. and dealing with them. I sell more when I'm not in this office. Which, again, has been um, the thing, has, mm. been, has forced people to get out yeah. and realise what's important. And, again, mm. human communication... Ain't necessarily in the office, but it's good to come back and yeah. have a good half day every now and again, hammering away and getting away, getting the things out. Yeah. Uh, or starting early. I, I, there's a guy I used to work with, um, inspired me because he used to come in. At, I've never do it, but he used to come in at <laughs> half past seven in the morning. Yeah. Because the phones weren't ringing and absolutely nailed tons of stuff. 
Yeah. And I used to come in, and all of a sudden at nine o'clock, um, you know, being young and naive, the phone's ringing. You can't actually get anything done. Yeah. But that that for me, yeah. finding those quiet moments, and you've had that at home. You've had those quiet moments. I, I think, I say, the thing has allowed people to give new projects, ideas that have been mm -hmm. bimbling around in the back of their minds, inside and outside of work, time to breathe, go out there and actually come to life. Mm. So there are some fascinating new things going on. Um, and the garden did look brilliant. Now with this hot weather and the, uh, oh. and, and the rain, it's now a swamp again. But <clears throat> for at least three minutes, it looked the best ever. Yeah, I foolishly, I foolishly put some of that poor in one on my front lawn. So what? Um, so was it grass uh, seed seed feed weed killer and something else? All of those things are appalling. You should rewild your front lawn or put vegetables in it. Wow! I'm, I'm, I, I wish I, I had. I'm a, a, I've read a little bit too too much George Monbiot to, to agree yeah. that lawns are a good thing anywhere. Wow! And <laughs> now I now have patches where the um, the moss has been killed good. by the weed killer. Oh no, not good. No. Well, moss, yeah. is, moss is important. It soaks up the water, stops it getting to the rivers and flooding beautiful yeah. places like Ironbridge. Well, it's dead now. Brilliant. <laughs> well, well done, you. Not, o not, o not only do we have the start of the Industrial Revolution in the, in the parish... You which, mean the birthplace of global warming? That, it, yes, we also have... The, and then Chris is doing his bit to, to kill moss. Spandam <laughs> moss, probably. And the which, weeds. Which and the dandelions. There's no such thing as a weed, Chris. No, it's just a, a flower in the wrong place in your mind. The bees like them. Leave them alone. The bees need help. <laughs> so, when, so, my, so when, when my garden looks crap next year, I can say, Anthony said, leave it alone. Yeah, it doesn't look crap. <laughs> it's because we're all attached to this Victoriana and this clip mm. to this. It has its place, but not in nature. <laughs> so, sorry, you got me on a personal one there. <laughs> personal one there. Well, we're lucky because I say our office, um, say one in Solihull, and we've got one in Ironbridge, which is completely impractical. But um, the coracle is over the road, so um, we ain't moving. <laughs> well, unless, actually, unless it's got a good. Plan. Actually, you know, you'd, you'd think being in commercial property game, we'd have found somewhere we could have moved to by now. Um, but we've been hunting for ages. I think, yeah. I think we're personally being too picky. Yeah. But, um, well, it's funny that for the grief you've given me about moving, maybe well, you know. need to take yeah, a dose yeah. of your own medicine. Well, absolutely. I mean, um, one thing Telford needs is um, a Penderford. Um, for those who don't know, which is Penderford is just off the M54. And we need a development like that. So small offices, you know, kind of a thousand to two thousand yeah. square feet over a couple of floors. Sean Davis, listen up, sunshine. Get them built. You're the only one that seems to be building anything decent in the town. <laughs> That's not true. There are other people doing it, but he's, mm. he's got a lot going on. We need offices, not more houses, please. I've, I've already had a crack at him online about that. Didn't get me anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you think do you think we will see more commercial property come up? It's coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, those that were brave enough three or four years back to start putting spades in the ground, especially in the black country with big space, it sat there a little sorry for itself, and then. Hmm. Fears around um, the B word um, yeah. made everybody stockpile, and so all the big stuff went, and they seem to have stuck around. And large, large, large species—I mean, I'm talking fifty thousand square foot plus—does yeah. seem to be moving everywhere it exists. Right. We've got um, clients that have come to us who simply can't find it themselves. So say to me, like Anthony, you get under the market, see if there's anything coming up, and we're out there actively hunting. We've yeah. been successful for a number of companies, more so in the Black Country. And when we had um, 
Epwin's old building, because they, of course, built themselves a monster of a building upon Horton Wood. Yeah. Um, we had their building on the market on Stafford Park 18. We had a queue. There was yeah. at least three or four people going for that. Mm. Um, and it ended up going to a specialist medical recycling company called Stericycle. Um, but again, it could have gone easily to existing tubber companies wanting to expand, a couple of um, occupiers that were coming into the town. Mm-hmm. So I wish I had that building three or four times over. And I know a couple of the other buildings that they've come out of, um, there are inquiries for that or that we're receiving, but we're not handling that one now, sadly. Mm. <laughs> well, can't, can't do every job. Can't do every job. But yeah, big space will shift. And so, yeah, unfortunately, it doesn't just pop up. It takes, you know, a year, 18 months to, to go for mm. it and a heck of a lot of financial organisation. But there are companies looking, but um, Telford and Rekin, you know, they've um, put the money where the mouth is, created space, and it seems to be shifting quite neatly now. So good for them. So bringing it back to the, the whole business point, what what's next for Wiggins Locker Thompson? Where, where are you guys going to go next? I mean, you've got 13 years under your belt. We've got people that are now starting up. So in 13 years' time, they're going to be in the position you're in now. Well, as ever, we're, we're thinking about succession. We're, we're, we're looking to improve the services we offer by um, expanding them again. We're um, continuing to do different things rather than more of the same as well. Mm. So we're just mainly light on our feet. We've got um, inevitable changes that come with time passing through the business. So at the moment, we're not looking at anything too crazy or different. We're just making sure we can maintain the services that we offer to the clients and improve on those, improve the systems, make ourselves more efficient. Mm. Um, and ultimately, build the various different aspects of, of the work. The consultancy side, where we essentially act on behalf of occupiers, seems to be taking off and um, everybody seems to be going to be very happy with that and repeat work. And we, we essentially, when companies expand and buy other businesses they end up with a few property messages so we get helicoptered in and deal with that we essentially pick up the role of you know property director when a company's not big enough to have one if you know yeah. what i mean but we've got you know expertise within the firm so we can deal with pretty much every problem that comes their way and we also are quite good at looking after the small investor be it somebody that's um done a sale on leaseback when they've got a property asset but can make a lot more money in their business by releasing the, ca- the capital out of that and leasing it back to themselves. So we then look after that property and deal mm. with the lease renewal, collect the rent and all that sort of thing and make sure that building takes and potentially even expand portfolios for former directors and existing directors of firm who actually want to build, um, own, their, uh, own their own portfolios or, or say get out of it and we need to find buyers for properties where uh, where landlords are needed and the company wants to get the money back in. So we've got a list of people that would buy your property if, you, if, if you've got a, a business property that realistically you don't need to keep. You'd rather make money out of what you do for a living rather than a property. We can buy the property for you and leave you in there. Hmm. That's an expanding, expanding area for our business. Um, so yeah, it's kind of more of the same, but just keep fine-tuning it and looking yeah. after people. And I say we, we don't want to be everybody's agent. We'd rather do a lot for a few people than a little bit for everybody because we can't provide the level of service. The more we do for somebody or a company or a SIP or a pension, the better service we can provide. So, which is why the vast majority of our clients have been with us for years and years and years because we, yeah. we know them, we understand them and we, 
you know, yeah. work hand in hand with them and stand at their shoulders so they don't, you know, drop drop a clanger. And I think I think that's that's probably the big message there is you could go. There on had a, to be one somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could you could go on a land grab. You could be. We want lots of customers. We could. You no. Know, if it's got a pulse, if it's got a pulse, we want to sell to it. But actually, no. What that does is dilute your offering, and no, we don't want to be the biggest hmm. player in town, and um, never have. Hmm. There are other people that um, list it and sit there and wait for the phone to ring. Yeah. That's not what we do. We're on about getting the best deal for the client, the best long-term deal for the tenant, making sure that everybody gets looked after because that means repeat business. Yeah. Um, and repeat business means that we've kept clients happy and everybody walks away with smiles on their face. And that's both sides of the deal. Yeah. And know? it's that longevity of the relationship. It's that adage that it's easier to look after an existing customer than go and find Yeah, look, look after what you've got. Yeah. Don't let it fall down behind. You know, build, people are so busy building it up in front of them sometimes that it's falling away behind them mm. and, and, and burning away. And to most landlords, I say, look, it's a lot easier to look after an existing tenant yeah. than find a new one. Um, and a lot more profitable because you don't want to be paying my fees every five minutes to find your new tenants, and I don't want I don't want that. So it kind of works. So one question I am going to ask off that bit of paper that we've asked everybody that's come on the podcast. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> what is that one piece of technology you couldn't live without? My laser measure. Yeah. And, it, and you can't get one of those on the phone, so it's not even. No, normal. no, you can't, can you? And, and you I, I've I, seen you play with it on your phone. Where you've gone and tried to measure a measure a room. Oh god, yeah. There's been a few different things that you can get, and it never works, and it's just a bit of a gimmick. No, when you get kind of things that you know, I don't trust them either. Um, laser measure is calibrated, um, checked, and has to be because we're, you know, registered by the uh, regulated by the RACS, so they yeah. have to make sure that we pay them a huge fortune for promoting themselves. Brilliant, um, <laughs> but at the same time. They, they do make sure that our standards are where they should yeah. be. And one of those things is measurement. Um, they are international measuring standards um, that we have to adhere to. But going back to that individual bit of kit, it used to be that we used to carry around a couple of tapes, one metal one yeah. that was about two inches wide. And I had a, we used to have to do eve's height with those, you know, the measurement to the underside of a roof mm-hmm. so that people can work out how many pallets they can get in, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And, I, and after a certain point, it invariably falls back and clacks you in the forehead. Um, so I'm, 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 so I'm, that's why I, you look the way you I look. No, <laughs> I no longer have the tram line um, injury that yeah. most surveyors used to have. Um, and then you also had the um, the long tape measure, you know, the traditional circular one, which you had to drape across sometimes some absolutely filthy, filthy warehouses. The worst of ever, actually, being... The old knackery just north of Telford here, which was, I nearly died. So we, we had to go and measure it. It was up by um, the, let's think now, there's a there's a, a traveller's site and there's um, a golf course and there are horse yards and things like that okay. out beyond where Kramer are. Now, is it Kramer? Kramer are now, not Kramer. Muller are now yeah. north of Telford. You used to go out, 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 past the old um, industrial site and keep going. Keep going, and then all of a sudden there was this little industrial building, and it, they, they used to call it the Knackery. And in fact, there's old maps of Telford when it used to call it the Knackery. But it was actually where they met. They actually, when I was there, it's called the Maggot Farm. Oh God! So you went into this place. I didn't really know. I, you know, I, I knew it was called the Knackery. I knew it was called the Maggot Farm, but it didn't click for some reason. I thought oh, it's just an industrial building. That's just an old name. No, no, no. They were making maggots. 
So I had to go into this <laughs> you building. Just imagine a business making maggots. Someone's got to. Well, for fishing and all that yeah, sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went into this to this building. I thought this is a bit rough, and and I had to measure it to do a to do a, I don't remember what the heck I was doing, but anyway, I had to measure it. And I went into this room, and they didn't give me any warning. So I opened this door, and I'm hit with the stench of ammonia, because what they were they were um, kind of uh, four concrete beds with yeah. little tiny dwarf walls around, essentially with anim animals in there rotting. And the strength of the smell made my eyes water immediately. But now I could go bing, bing, measured out of there. Yeah. Then, no, I had to drape this tape, which had to be, was useful for science purposes afterwards, across these beds and hook it onto something. Oh. It was dark in there as well. It was a bit grim. They don't want lights in there. They don't want flies on the, on the yeah. stuff. And I had to essentially tiptoe between these things and it was moist underfoot. Oh. And then um, measure this place. There's a, there's a quote. It you, was moist it underfoot. It was moist underfoot. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so I... And that was... I couldn't do, I couldn't do it. it was, I, I literally had staggered out of there. It was appalling. I don't eat any meat now and I don't think that... I didn't stop eating meat straight away yeah. but it certainly made me think, have second thoughts. It was appalling. But with a laser measure... I'd have been fine, and especially with the, the ninja things we've all got to wear now as well. You know, I'd have been, that'd be food to covered up as well. Yeah. So yeah, laser measure. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you very much for coming on and doing an episode. Oh, there's so much we could have spoken about. How about Telford Hornets Rugby Club? We could have spoken about that. We we haven't talked about other podcasts we're listening to. There's so many things, but you know. Well, you'll have to come back and do another one. Oh. <laughs> Well, thanks for the invite. It's much appreciated. No, um, thank you for coming on. So if any of the listeners want to learn more about you, how do they do that? Oh, I don't know. Run for the hills? Yeah, Google me. Google you. <laughs> so, yeah, and, and unfortunately there's several other fam more famous Wigginses than me, like everybody, but, um, <laughs> but no, WLT Surveyors, that's us. Brilliant. Okay. Give, give me a call. I'm not interested in your tweets and your stuff. Just give me a, give me a ring. Brilliant. Thanks, Anthony. Pleasure.